Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 542 of Locked On Canadians. And in today's episode, we are recapping this weekend's games. We're talking about the Carey Price press conference, and we have the return of three up, three down in our weekly segment. And that's all coming up inside today's show. Your Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to Locked On Canadians. We are, of course, your daily Canadians podcast. And thank you, as always, for making us your first listen of the day every single day of the week. You can find us here on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts free and daily. I am one of your hosts. I am Scott Matla, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, the active stick, Laura Saba. And Laura, uh, if you are Jeff Gordon and Kent Hughes or a fan of the Montreal Canadiens, it has been a very, very long, tiring weekend. How are we feeling <laughs> after uh, back-to-back blowout losses? Well, the Canadians are going into a pivotal weekend, I find. Uh, sorry, a pivotal week. There is a week off. It is the All-Star break. There are no games This is a prime opportunity for the Canadians to make changes, whether they're going to start taking trade calls, whether they're going to move somebody, whether they're going to do any new hirings. I do know that uh, on RDS, they said that uh, Kent Hughes spent some time today talking to his scouts in the NHL and AHL. Sorry, not today, but by this time, he has already done had those conversations talking to his NHL and AHL scouting staff. Uh, And also there has been talk that he has been uh, entertaining trade calls and earlier on, on, I want to say it was La Presse last week, he spoke and he said that this week was the opportunity that he was going to take to talk to Dominique Ducharme and he wanted to learn what Dominique Ducharme's philosophy is. He mentioned a lot about the importance of, uh, um, stop laughing, Scott. <laughs> I'd like to know what his philosophy is too at this point. Is it lose games by almost four or five goals every single night and make me sad because it's a it's a great philosophy and it's driving me right into therapy right now. Um, there is a lot of moving parts going on, like you said. It's not it's on true. the Canadians' I mean, defense, but like in general, there's moving parts somewhere. <laughs> so yes, the Canadians' defense is pretty is pretty uh, stationary, uh, and and so there were a lot of from that from that interview and that article. Uh, the the general feeling that I was getting was that Kent Hughes right now is obviously not pleased with the coaching situation, and it looks to me like he you know, they talked about not changing the coach in the middle of the season. It looks to me like he's going to maybe try and do some directing and talking and setting certain goals, kind of like a performance plan you get if you have a corporate job that you're not doing very well at, Uh, something like that. And uh, we've talked about this before and we will be talking about it. Spoiler alert, we have already recorded our episodes with uh, with Patrick Bexell that are coming tomorrow and Wednesday. We did a two-parter. We did something on prospects and then we did something looking ahead to the Olympics. And we talked about the feeling that we get that instead of a firing, maybe there's going to be a hiring, sort of an addition 
Um, and that that person is going to be kind of like a consulting role in coaching and is going to sort of turn things around. Um, maybe that's a person that, you know, you can't exactly tell Dominique Ducharme to listen to his assistant coaches as much as the other way around. Uh, but you can bring in a consultant, an outside consultant and say, take this guy's advice. Uh, and, and I think that's possible. And when I say this guy's, it could be this woman, right? Like there are there are all, all these all these people right now that are in the forefront of the conversations for management jobs. Some of them are coaches and they're good coaches. So I think, you know, that's something that I would like to see, because I do think it is unlikely that Dominique Ducharme gets fired unless unless they want to go back on their word. They've already said that's not happening. There's already a lot of people that are on the payroll for the Canadians that are that will continue to be on the payroll. Might If you've got him, you might as well use him. But right now he's doing more harm than good. So that's definitely something that the Canadians do have to look at, especially based on the fact that they were on pace. This is this comes from Andrew Berkshire. It's like a few, few games ago, they were on pace to win 16 games all year. Uh, that has now been reduced to 13 games all year. 13 out of 82 is not a lot of games to win, Scott. That's, I, I, <laughs> that means there's 69 losses, which is really nice. But like, <laughs> I just, th- that's expansion franchise bad. And the crazy part is that they're in competition for being in last place, but they were trying to be good this season. And this is where they're (laughs) at. And before we delve into that whole thing in the press conferences, uh, there's one thing this weekend I want to touch on because it's been driving me nuts is that in the seven, two loss to the Oilers, Zach Cassian ran over Samuel Montembeau, which bad and nobody on the ice did everything, did anything until Michael Pozzetta fought him in the third period and they got sent off the ice for an early shower. And everyone blamed Jeff Petrie for not doing anything. And he put the blame on himself, which he admitted he should have done something, even if it's not fight Cassian, is that... Get uh, in his face. Get in his face, exactly. And everyone's thing, including Ducharme, who's mentioned that no one he wants to see five red sweaters in the corner... It feels like everyone's just directing the anger at Petrie for this situation. Yes, he should have probably gotten in Cassian's face and done something. But how is this the storyline you're taking from the game and not that their goalies got shelled again? They looked unprepared. They looked terrible. And everyone's focusing on this instead. It doesn't It doesn't jive with me is that you can point out that he should have done something. But the bigger thing to me is that once again – the Canadians came into a game unprepared and got blown out of the water. They did it again against Columbus on Sunday night. They scored the first goal. They looked good. And then they gave up three straight goals inside of a period. And it was just awful. They switched. They had to pull goalies for the fourth straight game. The team's never prepared for anything. And eventually responding to Zach Cassian over hit doesn't fix that point. The team itself is just... Uh, they're a house of cards in a tornado and that goes on the coaching staff. They're not ready to play and shifting the focus to that instead of what you didn't do as a coach to me feels really just kind of gross and that this team is unprepared and just not ready to play. I absolutely agree. And preparation is something that, they talked about last year as well when Dominique Ducharme took over, right? They talked about it when they, when they went down in all those games to the Toronto Maple Leafs before it was 3-1. And, you know, and then what happened was the way that they were winning games was they were showing up prepared. They were beating teams better than them because they were showing up prepared and taking advantage of every little mistake. You have to have 
you have to have your finger to the pulse and you have to be able to be cutthroat. And when you aren't like the reason people were jumping on Petrie or whoever, or all the five sweaters that weren't in the corner or anything like that is because it shows a lack of that. Like you have to put your pedal to the met. I'm saying like all these cliches that are coming out of my mouth right now, but you know exactly what it is. Like you have to have this ruthlessness to you. This desire to win involves that energy, that ruthlessness, that not outright cruelty, but not hanging back for a single moment or second. That's partly preparation and that's will and that's drive and desire. And if you can't drive your players to want to play better when they are the type of people that reached a level of their sport where they have to be elite athletes to get there, these are players that are that are primed to be that way. And the fact that they're not behaving or playing in that way is extremely concerning and that's definitely something that is on the coaching staff and that's probably something that's going to be addressed when Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon meet with with uh, Dominique Ducharme and his staff and there is so much more developing on this there is an entire week off for the Canadians right now and we have so much more news from Sunday alone to get into Carey Price spoke to the media for the first time in I want to say a couple of months I believe um We're going to talk about his press conference, where that's at, and that's all coming up next. But first, it is the new year, and that means New Year's resolutions. And for all of your New Year's resolution needs, there is Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It's covered in chocolate, but it's still low in calories, low in sugar, low in carbs, and has more protein than anything else out on the market. It is incredible. Take them in the morning on your your, uh, drive to work. Have them after your workout. Have them for a snack. They are there for everything. And there is a flavor for absolutely everybody. Things like coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, mint brownie, and so many more. And the best part is Built Bar is always coming out with new limited flavors. So right now, go to Built.com and use our promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your first order. Go check it out. You can put together your own variety box, get as many flavors as you want. Try what you find or try to find what you like and then use promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your next order. So before the game today, and this came on the heels of the Canadians getting blown out by the Oilers, is that Carey Price was going to speak to the media today at 6.15, today being Sunday when we're recording this, and that Kent Hughes would be joining us, be joining him, joining us would be an impressive poll for us on lockdown canadians here um <laughs> hey don't and, count us out just yet we're, we're brand new on youtube that's gonna that's gonna help <laughs> yeah they're gonna see that video of me eating a sandwich though and they're gonna go what no absolutely not no kent absolutely not not allowed um and the first thought is that when the gm is joining your franchise goalie who has been trying to rehab his way back from an injury for the better part of the entire season it kind of sends a panic down uh everyone's spine there a little bit and Thankfully, it doesn't appear to be anything uh, in terms of retirement or, you know, I'm hanging them up or this is what's going on. But you can sense that Carey Price is having a really rough time trying to get back. He he reiterated he wants to suit up for the Canadians again this season. And you can just feel that he is frustrated because he cannot because of the injury setbacks and If you're a Canadians fan, it sounds a little bit worrying because it's not his first knee injury. He's past the age of 30 and he makes a very large sum of money every single year. Not that that is his fault. I would have signed that contract if Mark Bergman offered it to me. (laughs) 
Ten and a half million dollars a year. Who says no? I was going to say, so uh, dumb people, that's who. Uh, (laughs) You can't help but feel frustrated alongside Carey Price because he's got to watch from the stands or watch from home as his teammates go out there and just nothing is going their way. It's not hard to feel for the guy right now. And if he suits up this year, I will be amazed. But that's the kind of morale boost I think this team could use even at the end of the year, it's like, Hey, you know, we're rebuilding. This didn't go great, but 31's in between the pipes for the last couple games of the year. Let's go out and let's win some games carries back kind of thing. Yeah. And the, I just, uh, I just watched the whole thing just before we started recording so that I could get a feel for uh, what we wanted to talk about. And he was this is the most open that I've seen him be with the media in a long time. He's known for his very short answers. He's known for kind of parroting back the question to you and saying yes or no to, um, you know, to, to sort of get out of the, not get out of answering the questions, but to, to, to fulfill the minimum basic requirement of meeting with the media. But this time he was a lot more open. He seemed, at times he seemed more anxious and at times he seemed more relaxed. Uh, I think I want to say it was Francois Gagnon that mentioned that the last time he spoke was July 7th. So it was after the Canadians lost in the Stanley Cup final. That was the last time he actually met with the media and spoke. Uh, it was good to see him. I won't lie. You know, I was reading the comments as well. Once I was, I was reading the when I was listening to the press conference, I was reading the fan comments in there as well. Uh, and uh, he seemed very, very adamant that he wants to play and he wants to play here. Uh, but he seemed also very nervous. As Eric Engels pointed out, he seems very anxious about the future because he said that twice so far he's had setbacks. And he said as well in his past injuries as well, he's had setbacks. So you never know. So he said the next uh, couple of weeks to a month are going to be very, very pivotal in whether he comes back this season or not. He didn't seem to have any. Somebody asked him like so, some words about like ever playing again, but he didn't seem to be speaking in those terms. It was more about this season or not. He said he wanted to get back. He said that he and his family are very happy here. He's never thought about waiving his no move cause to actually leave here. He wants to be a Montreal Canadian. He said that it's part of his identity to be a goaltender for the Montreal Canadians. And I think a couple of things that I thought uh, were personally, I thought were really uh, nice to hear was he said that he was conscious of the fact that him coming forward about his struggles was going to inspire other people to ask for help because that was the first step for for a lot of people who have been in his situation and he also said that he felt a lot of support from the Canadians which was really really good to hear uh and obviously support from his family his family has have been very openly supportive and that's that's you know that's amazing for him but the fact that his employers and the fact that the fans have all been uh very encouraging he said he felt that and I like I I like that because it sort of solidified his commitment to this community, especially with all the changes that are going on and all the upheaval and the really rough season. You know, you wouldn't blame him to want to start fresh somewhere else, but that's not what he said. He didn't want that. Like all of his words were about he wants to play again and he wants to play for the Montreal Canadiens again. And he did say that he was nervous about even if he is able to come back this season, what is it going to look like? Is it going to look different? And he was asked, I believe by Marc-Antoine Godet, I'm not sure, but one of them asked, uh, asked him, are you willing to go through this process again if you come back and you can't play? Are you willing to go through another procedure and another rehabbing uh, stint? And uh, he said, yes, absolutely. He's 
you know, this is not a guy who seems at all ready to retire. And he's not a guy who seems to be screaming that he wants out of this community. So uh, th those were really positive things. But at the same time, the fact that he keeps saying, talking about setbacks and the next few weeks are going to be very, very important and all of that. It's, it feels like the next few weeks are going to be a shall I rehab again or go through another procedure and just kind of hang it up for this season, try and come back for the fall, or can I play again? And either way, I do think that his intention is very clearly to play for the Montreal Canadiens. And, and I think that's important too for this team is that it's like, hey, this guy isn't quitting on you. Why are you quitting on you? Why is it like... It, it, I don't want to say inspirational, like they're magically going to win the next, what do they have, 38 games left or whatever it is. But you have a guy who's going through hell right now, like his knees all messed up. He had a setback, then they couldn't practice and he had to start over again. And he still wants to be on the ice with this team. And that's important. That's that's morale building. And then I just look at the rest of the team and I'm, it's like something's missing. And I don't know if Carey Price was the entire glue that kept this team together, but it certainly seems that way. And I'm very interested to see, you know, once he gets back to practicing and once he's around the team more frequently, not just doing 15, 20 minutes of light on ice workouts without shot facing shots or anything, how the team morale changes a little bit. So that's, that's, I guess, what we're looking forward to. We have the trade deadline, and then it's, okay, when's Carey coming back, if at all, kind of thing. And this isn't to put the pressure on him to come back this season. If he says, I'm getting another surgery to fully clear this up and be ready for the end of the summer to get back to training camp, I'd go, you know what, that's probably fine at this point, because why would you rush back to potentially play a few games and maybe make things worse in this mess right now? Um it, it's going to be a very interesting couple of weeks here. Um, not just this week alone is going to be interesting because the Habs are off. No games. Nick Suzuki is at the all-star game. It, it feels like the other shoe is about to drop this week. And that's not regards to Carey Price. That's just regards to everything. And I think this press conference was to kind of, you know, settle things a little bit. It's like, hey, Carey's not going anywhere. And if he is, Sure, not going to be during the season because you don't know if you can even trade him right now. Because what team's going to trade for a guy with five years left on a contract and he hasn't played all year? So, um, we are going to keep you obviously posted on everything going on with the Canadians. We're expecting a ton of news this week. We will have locked on nows if things happen, and we will be back with our regular episodes after our two with Patrick that we already recorded. But it is Monday. And that means it's time for one of our new favorite segments. It is time for three up, three down. And that is coming up in one moment. And as always, three up, three down is it's simple. We pick three people that we thought played really well in the organization this week and three people who I don't want to say disappointed us, but I think that's the only possible way to describe <laughs> this. And we are Their stock a isn't rising. How about that? Yes, they are. They are not. I almost call them declining assets. Like they're a car that I just drove off the lot. But <laughs> um, we are a positive show. So we're going to try and end with the ups. Uh, I three down this week. Uh, Canadians goaltending. Uh, someone posted this on Twitter. Samuel Montembeau has a 609 save percentage in his last few starts. And it is. I don't care how many goals you score. 
there's not a league on this planet where dot six Oh nine is a good thing. And that's, and that's tough because he played really well against Vegas, against Colorado, against Dallas. And then he got injured and none of it mattered. And now he's sub what he was when he got here, when he wasn't great, when he got here either, it, it feels mean to do this, but he he's got to go in that spot right now. It's, it's just not good across the board. It's interesting because it feels like goaltending that is something that the Canadians have relied on for over a decade. And also in the past as well, with some of the brilliant goaltenders that they've had in their history that, you know, Carrie, we're talking about Carrie Price injured and is he coming back or not? And then every other option other than Carrie Price on this team has not been performing up to par. Samuel Montembeau is struggling. Uh, Michael McNiven, when he was in for however long it was, like a couple of periods, that wasn't good. Caden Primo, that's not good. In fact, we're getting asked a lot about if whether or not Caden Primo is a bust. I think it's too early to call that. I do think it's possible that he's going to be a decent goaltender. I don't think that, you know, there's anybody that's like Carey Price in this organization, except tomorrow we're going to talk about a very promising goalie prospect with Patrick Bexell. So that's an exciting thing to talk about. But I think just goaltending as a whole has suffered. But at the same time, when you look at this team, is there anything, any position that's going well? There are individual players that we'll talk about when we're talking about three up. They're doing okay. But is there anywhere in this organization well, not this organization. That's not fair to any of the players in Laval who are doing a really good job. But is is anyone on the NHL team not suffering, not struggling? And that's, that's you know, is any position strong? I think, you know, you can point to a couple of players that are having great seasons or despite it all. But I, I'm not seeing anybody that isn't struggling. And that kind of leads to my next thing is that this one isn't actually a player. This is targeted directly at the Canadian staff is... David Savard's out for eight weeks with a, I believe, an ankle injury suffered against Boston, which was seven games ago. What was going on that a guy with an ankle injury that is so bad, he's out for two months now, that he was allowed to play on that in a season that is completely out the window at this point? It, it's we, we talked about Shea Weber playing injured. At least he was playing injured in a season where they were making the playoffs why is David Savard playing on an injured ankle right now? You know, this is a guy who still has, I believe, a few more years left on his contract. I know that he has a few more years. I can't remember if it's three or two. And just why? Why is this being allowed to happen? And this isn't the first time it's been, okay, yeah, they're day-to-day. Oh, by the way, they're out eight weeks now, or they're out indefinitely. Something isn't adding up. And it's, in a season like this, if someone's banged up, just sit them for a game and then and then take stock of that. It's there's no reason to let guys go back out there if they're not sure whether they're good or not. Like why why make it worse? Exactly. Why why make this worse? And I feel bad for David Savard who came in was probably going to be a middle pairing guy, penalty killer, and then he's just been thrust into a role he can't possibly manage at this point in his career. And then this happens. It's you can't help but feel bad for the guy. And I know fans are dumping on him because he's getting paid a lot and he doesn't produce a ton of points and this and that. He wasn't meant to be this. And now he's <laughs> he wasn't. And that's as simple as that. So it's my, unfortunate. Yeah. My other down does go to that. And then just 
Dominique Ducharme until otherwise is on my down list. I have no other way to put it. Dude's out of ideas. If he had any to begin with, he's just completely out of ideas. And I'm listening to the moral high ground thing about defending teammates and this and that after the Edmonton game, I went like, okay, I'm out done. I can't do this right <laughs> now. I don't want to hear from a guy who just lost seven. Oh, don't worry. We kept McDavid <laughs> off the board. Cool. They still scored seven goals guys. And you lost by five and your goalie got ran over. And then you lost by three to Columbus, who is not a good team. Sorry, Jay. Love you, bud. But they're not. I, I, I can't listen to the moral platitudes. It, it's so hollow and nonsense right now that I just can't do it at all. It's, Every day I read or hear a quote from him that makes me think that somebody's pulling my leg. Somebody's making it up. It seems like fiction. So that's why I'm very glad that, um, you know, by all accounts, Kent Hughes, if anything, is a smart hockey person uh, and knows what he's doing. And so I hope that a lot comes out of that conversation that he has with Dominique Ducharme. But um, I do want to mention before we go to our ups, uh, one of our ups should be our listeners, because we said that if you got us to 100 subscription subscribers on YouTube by Sunday morning, that Scott was going to eat a land, sea, and air, land, air, and sea. What is the song? It's the Wu-Tang <laughs> Anyway, so, that yes. burger thing from McDonald's, which we love McDonald's. McDonald's is one of the Locked On sponsors, and we are fans. Um but that does not seem like a very uh, stomach-friendly thing to do. But Scott is going to do it on video, and that's gonna we're gonna post that in a in a in a few days time. But also, we got to a hundred in our first weekend. So I thought, if we can get to five hundred in our first month, so if by March first we get to five hundred, I'm going to eat or drink something stunt like like scott has done so far uh, he's done three or four of them we should we need to find the older ones and post those ones as well uh, on on our youtube so something gross slash uh not super stomach friendly i will be doing that we will put it to a vote actually uh i'm open to that but we want to get to 500 before march 1st so please tell people to subscribe please subscribe if you haven't already on our youtube uh so yeah so once we hit 500 i will be consuming a gross thing on video and we will post that video but we do have in the next let's say a week or so scott we'll we will be able to post uh the scott eating a burger that consists it's a big mac with a piece of filet fish in it and then a piece of mcchicken in it that's what yes, it is it and is. scott is going to eat that it is <laughs> big mac or it's filet fish big mac mcchicken big mac patty all on one it is not available at restaurants right now, at least not that I'm aware of. So I will have to go to McDonald's on Friday, <laughs> order all three of these things, and then and construct, then construct it, it. My, Yeah. <laughs> Carly, is, who went to film school, thankfully, is going to be helping me film all of this because <laughs> she's going to watch me suffer through eating this. And it's going to be... Oh, I, I, I'm fine with it, except for the fish, but that's... <laughs> Before we delve way to too far into that, uh, we should actually probably name our last two ups. And mine's very simple. Tyler Toffoli and Arturi Lekinit are my two ups this week. Jake uh, Evans. Yes. Um, and Toffoli has nine points in his last seven games since returning from injury. Lekinin has nine points in his last 11 games. Evans has a couple of really nice goals, really nice assists. 
And then Dominique Deschamps, for whatever reason, broke up the Jake Evans Rem Pitlick line that was working because I don't know. That's why he's Ooh, on my Rem down Pitlick list. Too. Yeah, Rem Pitlick and Jake Evans are on my ups. It, it's just been the good things that were happening were then suddenly made to be the bad things because the coach is just doing things. And I don't know why he's doing <laughs> the things that he's doing instead of doing the things that he should be doing. He's just doing things for the sake of doing things. And it's making me lose my hair. I have a bald spot to rival Brendan Gallagher at this point because of this team <laughs> this season. This is the up section though. Tyler Toffoli has been great. Nick Suzuki has been great with him. Arturi Lekkinen has been great. Do not trade any of them or I will be extremely sad. And no one wants to see that now that we are on camera. <laughs> no crying on camera. There's yeah, no so, crying so. in podcasting. <laughs> Except when you're eating something gross. Uh, no, and so I, I agree with you on uh, on Tyler Toffoli and on Arturi Lekkinen, but also, you know, shout out to Rem Pitlick, shout out to Jake Evans. They're doing the most with the least that they are being given. Yes, and that's, it's, it, that's the thing is, they're doing great in spite of the coaching, but that's, uh, that is a, uh, the story of the season, I think, so far. Um as always, folks, please tune in for tomorrow's episode and the day after that. We have a two-parter with Patrick Bexell. We're talking everything Europe, everything Olympics. It was a really fun two episodes that we did with Patrick. If you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at LO underscore Canadians. We are right here on YouTube at Locked On Canadians. Follow Laura at The Active Stick, myself at Scott Matla. The best part about YouTube, our handles are right underneath our names now, so you can see those. Um as always, thank you for listening and making us your first listen of the day every single day. And please check out Locked On Bets with your second listen. They are killing it with all of your sports betting needs. Please go check them out.